It's the River City Podcast Federation. Hello, and welcome to Afternoonified. The podcast where we're not going to kill you, we're just going to bash your head in. I'm Emily. And here's Ryan! I feel like that needs to keep that part that you wrote in the text that then says, Theme song, Webby nomination, slam dunk! <laughs> I think that should have been part of the cold open. Um, yeah, I was uh, in the bath uh, reading about the subject for today's episode, and I was like, oh shit, <laughs> I have it. <laughs> Um, because this was initially going to be an episode about haunted hotels yeah, in general, but much like what happened with you and rabies, um, <laughs> I realized that there was one, one specific one that was too big to just, you know, gloss over. Yeah. So uh, there were actually a couple, there were a couple that were too big. Yeah. Well, maybe you'll have to do a series on haunted hotels and I'll do a series on weird diseases and then this will just turn into a show about diseases and weird hotels. God, that's the dream, isn't it? Right? That's all I want to do. <laughs> um, yeah, so this episode is about... I just realized that I'm slowly turning into a John Cusack's character from 1408. John that's or cool. Joan? John. John. I never yeah. watched 1408. I've always um, wanted to, but I think I've tried and it was boring. It's a masterpiece, honestly. Like, you get your Samuel L. Jackson, you got your John Cusack, you got your ghosts. and Yeah, um, I mean, that's, that seems like a solid, solid plot. Maybe I have to give it another chance now that I'm a little older. Yeah, my dad is harassing me over the text for movie recommendations. I told him to watch Annabelle Origins. It's like he doesn't even care. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, my parents don't text me seen. for movie recommendations that's for damn sure um well to quote my father is that all you got i expected more for someone who has a movie degree smiley face (laughs) i mean true though you have a movie degree you never get to not have movie recommendations not a movie degree it's the closest thing to a movie degree as you can get (sighs) anyways we're talking about the fucking stanley hotel uh, speaking of movies which this story has absolutely everything it's got mountains a guy named lord dunraven explosions jim carrey dead children homeless ladies i never thought i would hear jim carrey and dead children in the same sentence along with homeless ladies i don't think i wrote the homeless lady story down but i watched it on that episode of ghost hunter so i might bring it up later anyways yeah there's a lot of shit going on so this episode is about number two on my travel destination wish wish list um you know, the one that Stephen King stayed at that inspired him to write the best book ever, The Shining. The Shining, yeah. Um, it is not, however, where they shot the movie The Shining that was shot at Timberline Lodge in Mount Hood, Oregon. No, only the outside was shot. The outside was shot. Was shot. The Lodge. rest was on a fucking soundstage. However, the in. Well, they also used a hotel in Colorado. That That's where the Stanley is. But they oh. didn't. Yeah. Really? Um, oh. But. The miniseries that is infinitely better than the movie, if you like the plot of the book, uh, was shot in the Stanley, like in it. Oh, cool. I mean, okay, I need to watch for the that most then. part. Uh, I believe like uh, room two seventeen was a little bit different, um, but yeah, they actually shot a lot of it there. The miniseries is fucking amazing, and I think I have said it before on this podcast, but. It is. Probably. Uh, Since we're taking the entire episode to talk about this, I'm going to start with uh, 
the history, like the normal history that historical websites okay. give you. Okay. Uh, so this is credit to historichotels.org, um, which I'm probably going to butcher at. Sounds legit. Which I'm going to butcher at. Actually, it is. Um, sometimes the simple ones are the, the ones you need, but it doesn't cover the deaths in the hotel because it it's trying to get people to stay there, but Stanley does play up the haunted part quite a bit. Um, well, yeah, people are people are weird. So this is like the nice white lady named Deborah history of the Stanley Hotel. Okay. Uh, there is a bus outside that you might not be able to hear, but it is very distracting for me. Oh, I can definitely hear that. There was a literal semi-truck full of horses parked outside my apartment on Saturday. There was horses outside your apartment on Sunday? A semi-truck filled with horses. Oh, a truck filled with horses. Not just less loose weird. horses. Uh, it was the Rose Parade, and that was, I guess... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. ...where they decided to park. Uh, there were no horses in it during the parade, because they were there for the parade. But it, I would assume... The cat was fucking... It would be a lame parade. <laughs> the cat was furious, because it was blocking her view of the uh, the pigeons. Oh, poor loose goose. Can't see her piggins. She's being really weird today. Anyways, so the story of the Stanley Hotel, which is located in Estes Park, Colorado. Um, end quote. Estes Park, Colorado was forever changed in 1903 with the arrival of F.O. Stanley of Stanley Steamer fame, which is a car, not the makes carpets cleaner. Wait, what? It's Stanley this... Steamer, but not the Stanley Steamer? The Stanley Steamer, which F.O. Stanley and his brother, his twin brother, I believe, uh, they manufactured steam-powered cars, which were called the Stanley Steamer. There has got to be a copyright like lawsuit about this somewhere. Maybe they got into the carpet cleaning business later on. Next episode, The Conspiracy of Stanley Steamer. <laughs> Um, so, of Stanley Steamer fame, and his wife, Flora. Uh, Stanley had been suffering from tuberculosis and moved west to reap the benefits of the fresh mountain air. Which, um, as a sidebar, it's it's a real thing. Like, when people got TB, they were like, go to the mountains! And it's just because they were getting them away from the toxic waste fires of, you know, the industrial era, like Chicago and shit. Yeah, weird how that just cleans it right up. Yeah, like actual fresh air. So he was very weak and ill upon his arrival, but soon the mountain air worked its magic and he grew stronger within a year. Wow. I know, right? Uh, Stanley, used to the comfortable, luxurious amenities of the East Coast, found that this beautiful mountain area didn't have anything to offer those with more means. It means it didn't have anything that catered specifically to rich people. Yeah, it was not fancy enough for this bitch. Stanley (laughs) Steven was a rich bitch. (laughs) Um, so once his health was restored, he purchased 160 acres of land from Lord Dunraven, you know, a lord, that's all I got on him, um, and built what is now known as the main building of the Stanley Hotel. He built a total of 11 buildings on that acreage, and many of those original buildings still remain in use. Ooh. Yes. Uh, F.O. Stanley was largely responsible for the tourist attraction uh, Estes Park is today. He was so smitten, their word, not mine, (laughs) 
with the area that he wanted everyone to be able to enjoy its splendor, beauty, and restorative health benefits. Nice. Only if they have money. <laughs> Obviously. Uh, health benefits in comfort. He built a road from Lyons, which uh, he used to haul visitor- visitors in his motor bus to and from the rail stations. Uh, from what they said on the Ghost Hunters episode, um, where they like interviewed the concierge, uh, he had a fleet of Stanley steamers to like bring bitches to and from the bus station or the train station. Jesus. Can you imagine a steam powered bus? <laughs> I feel like that'd be hot. Actually, that's just a fucking train. Yeah. That's a train without rails. That's all it is. That's terrifying. <laughs> I don't want a train without rails. By 1940. So if you remember, this is, he got there in 1903. So this is 1940. Uh, Stanley had established his grand hotel as well as built a sewer, power, and water company and the Estes Park and Estes Park's first bank. Ooh. Uh, St- yes, Stanley may have developed the area, but just enough for humans to appreciate the dramatic nature around them. He was also responsible for promoting the establishment of Rocky Mountain National Park. Wow, he did quite a lot. I know. He's a good dude. Good dude. Uh, Through the years, the hotel flourished under the reign of Stanley and his strong partner and wife, Flora. Uh, However, by the 1970s, the hotel's splendor had faded and it gained notorious reputation for being haunted. It might have even been torn down if not for a visit by Mr. Stephen King. Mm -hmm. Uh, He stayed one night and said that he had the worst nightmare of his life. He woke up terrified and started writing, and shortly after, uh, he had The Shining. Nice! Which I'll get into the full story of what happened to him there. Yes. I can't remember when Stanley died specifically, but he lived to be like 90 Damn, years old. Damn, Stanley. That fresh mountain air was doing more than he expected. Yeah, he kicked tuberculosis. Tuberculosis? Anyway, he, he wasn't sick anymore. Are you using tuberculosis as a word for butt? No. He, I was going to say he kicked tuberculosis's butt, but there was just a lot of isses. Oh, I thought you said he kicked tuberculosis's tuberculosis's, and I was like, is that what we're calling butts now? Yes. The Stanley has fully embraced its paranormal activity. Guests can embark on ghost tours and learn about the history of the Stanley and understand the reason for the suspected paranormal activity. If guests would like to go one step further, psychic services are available on the premises. Oh, yes! We'll get into this. Um... Oh my god. Since then, the Stanley has undergone several renovations, keeping with the architectural integrity of the early 20th century. The historic landmark hotel offers 140 guest rooms, 14,000 square feet of meeting and event space, offers unique and unforgettable backdrops for weddings, is equipped with modern-day amenities and conveniences, and not to mention the spectacular natural beauty surrounding the hotel. And ghosts. Yes. Um, I... I don't know. I'll just get into it fucking now before we talk about ghosts. I was looking at staying at the Stanley next year. It's it's not that expensive uh, for being a luxury hotel. It's like 200 bucks a night. It's not. I wouldn't consider it a luxury hotel. It's a three-star hotel. Did you Google it? I'm looking at how expensive it is to stay there. But, I mean, I was looking in the off-season, so it might be more during the summer, which is, like, on-season. I was looking for, like, fucking March. Um, yeah. If you remember correctly, it snows a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like so, you can get it, like, in the 180s. It's not too bad. Yeah, yeah. And that's for the smaller rooms. I looked at the Stephen King suite, room 217. Of course. And 
that is $400 a night for good yeah. fucking reason. Yeah. See, at least you actually had, like, you know, Stephen King, like, in, a great novel was inspired by that room where the hotel I used to work at has a room that's the same price, and it's named after uh, uh, the actress from the 40s or whatever with the really thin eyebrows, Marlena Dietrich. That's- Wow. Um, she's never stayed there. Never stepped foot in that hotel. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the uh, room 217 isn't as scary in real life as it is uh, in the book. Because in the book, it's fucking terrifying. As well, we yeah. all know. No hotel room is as scary as the one in the book. Well, see, the thing is, in the the Stanley Kubrick movie, it's like a middle-aged to late 30s woman who's naked and dead in the bathtub. In the fucking book, it's like a 70-year-old woman who's naked and dead in the bathtub. Wait, there's a 70-year-old woman in the movie who's naked and dead in the bathtub? She looks older, but, like, she's a hot lady for part of it. Well, yeah, she turns into, like, a pretty young lady to draw him in. Anyways. Uh, well, she's also a younger lady in the miniseries, so I don't know what I'm bitching about. Yeah, I don't, I don't know either. I was more I was more disturbed and I feel like they glanced over this but there was a scene in the book where he looks in the room and it's like a guy in like a dog leather outfit like BDSM style like pretending to be a dog oh yeah 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 that's in the book, there's a guy in a dog costume. I don't know if it's a BDSM costume. Well, yes, like it might be. He's being he might be right. He's being pulled around on a leash, like he's on his hands and knees, and a guy's yeah, yeah, walking yeah. him. Yeah, it's it's really fucked up. In the movie, it was replaced by that one shot where Jack looks in a room and like the guy in a dog or a bear costume is blowing a dude on the yeah. The bed. It was just really random. But in the book, it's a lot more fucked up. Yeah, they like, like trails behind him and like begs and like it's weird. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a miniseries, man, miniseries. I need to watch that miniseries. Anyway, so let's talk about what makes hotels haunted. Um, Ghosts. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) All right, let's move on. I didn't write a paragraph and a fucking half about this. Whatever. Um, (laughs) So I googled it, and it didn't. I didn't come up with shit. Except ghosts. I. Except ghosts. I have my own personal theory that may have been influenced by an episode of Lore. So we're going to talk about that. Um, There was an episode of Lore about this, the hotel. Uh, So hotels get a lot of people over a long period of time. Like a lot of people. Uh Uh, Sometimes people die in hotels. Like they could die completely natural deaths, but they still fucking die in hotels. Yeah. And it's really common for people to commit suicide in hotels, so that way their loved ones don't yes. have to scrape them up. Correct. Uh, ew. Well. And there's also a lot of energy just from living. Mm-hmm. People do a lot of crimes and drugs and stuff in hotels. Hotels are gross. Yeah, and it, like if a maid makes the same rounds over and over again, like she goes to work every day for however fucking long she works at that hotel, that's kind of there. Yeah, you know? she's like wearing her energy into it and like... I don't know. Yeah. Exactly. It, like, creates a footprint there. I live in an old hotel. Oh, yeah. And even if, yeah, even if ghosts aren't real, there's still just a feeling in here of, like, the knowledge of how many people have, like, been through here since 19 fucking whatever when it was built. Yeah. 
See, I'm going to be feeling that here pretty soon because the building I'm moving into, I think, was built in like 1909. Yeah, there's just a lot of energy from a building that old. Like, Oh, yeah. I went into an old courthouse in Minneapolis and it, I mean, it was a very nice building. It was modern and kept up, but you could tell because it had been there forever. Yeah. And it was just that weird kind of like, huh, people from like 1930 have been in here. Yeah, that's kind of a weird thought. Yeah. And, um... Also, the the ghost hunters mm-hmm. presented an idea, which I don't think is completely insane, mm-hmm. that the Stanley in particular is built into a cliffside that contains a lot of quartz. And quartz is known to be a mineral that kind of oh, yeah. holds on yeah. to energy. It's a recording mineral. Yeah. So you have the fact that it's a hotel, and then you have the fact that it's built on a shitload of quartz, and there's just all of that, like, juju there yeah. to work with. Yeah. Well, they say that quartz also helps amplify, like, psychic intentions. And they said that they keep, like, basically psychics and stuff on site. Like, those people are having their intentions yeah. and stuff, like, magnified. So it's even more of a hotbed. Yeah. Well, and when I get into a later story about a maid and an explosion... Oh. Uh, Intrigue. Uh, there wasn't any... There wasn't death, but there was also just... Yeah. So. Um, actually, I'm going to talk about it right now. So, this is... We're going to get into the ghosts. Yay! Uh, which is most of my notes. Good. I like ghosts. So, obviously, this... Uh, Stanley spent a ton of time here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, people say that uh, both Stanley and his wife has materialized within the hotel, with Mr. Stanley appearing at the bar... While Mrs. Stanley can sometimes be heard playing the piano. Hmm. Um, I found a story from some visitors who claim that they caught a few photos of Mrs. Stanley playing piano, but that all of the photos featuring her had been deleted when they went to check later. I don't know if that's reliable at all. I'd say probably not. That's a little too convenient for my taste. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, let's get into room 217. Yay, 217. Uh, Elizabeth Wilson was the chief housekeeper who, during an early summer storm in 1911, was injured in an explosion uh, when she was lighting lanterns in room 217 um, because the power had gone out in the hotel. And since the hotel had been built during a transitional time, their lamps could be either electric or gas. Uh So she went in to light the lamps and there was a a leak and the room was filled with gas and she walked in with her fucking candle and it blew up i want to say 10 percent of the hotel oh my god that's huge and she survived uh yeah she uh just broke her ankles wow that's i know just broke her ankles she was the only like casualty that i could tell um even though it was the reporting on it was kind of shaky yeah i bet there were more and they've been covered up (laughs) that's not what i meant but okay that's my theory you don't explode 10% of a hotel and like, oh, we conveniently didn't have anyone in that 10% of the hotel at the time. Fuck that. You spread people out in a hotel so you don't have people complaining about neighbors all the time. If you have a hotel that's only half <laughs> well, full, you during... spread them out. You don't put them all right next to each other. Well, the time that it was reported was during a dinner service. So everyone was in the dining room uh, on the floor below. So the room exploded and stuff fell through the ceiling, but people managed to get out of the way. I don't know. I'm a skeptic. I don't skeptic. know. I'm just, I'm just reporting. I'm skeptical. False news. Fake news. It's fake news. Oh, wow. Uh, anyway, 
uh, Elizabeth Wilson survived, but to this day, uh, it says that she uh, inhabits room 217, uh, taking care of the guests. Um, so 217 is the one that exploded. Yes. Okay. Uh, so guests have reported items being moved, luggage being unpacked, lights being turned on and off, the faucet in the bathroom will turn on and off. And it should be mentioned that room 217 was the presidential suite for a long time. Hmm. But in the 2000s, I think it got broken up into smaller rooms. Okay. Um, anyway, so this is the room where Stephen King stayed, as yeah. we mentioned earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now I shall tell you the tale of my lord and savior, Mr. Stephen King. <laughs> um, you're going to love the date. Ooh, am I? On October, on October 30th, 1974. The eve of Halloween. Yes. Horror writer Stephen King and his wife Tabitha spent one night at the Stanley Hotel uh, during their residence uh, during their residency in Boulder, Colorado, which is close by. Uh, they were driving through Estes Park as night approached when they happened upon the Stanley Hotel. They decided to book a room and, upon checking in, discovered that they were the only overnight guests. Uh, they were just getting ready to close for the season, and they found themselves the only ones there, with. All of those long, empty corridors. Corridors? Corridors. <laughs> this is why I'm not a storyteller, she says, with a storytelling podcast. Oh, man. He and his wife were served dinner in an empty dining room, accompanied by canned orchestral music. This is copy and paste and story, BT dubs. Uh, and a quote from Mr. King. Except for our table and all the chair, Except for our table, all the chairs were up on the tables. So the music is echoing down the hall, and I mean, it was like God had put me there to hear that and see those things. Hmm. That night, according to King, I dreamed of my three-year-old son running through the corridors, looking back over his shoulder, eyes wide and screaming. He was being chased by a fire hose. I woke up with a tremendous jerk sweating all over within an inch of falling out of bed. I got up, lit a cigarette, and sat in the chair looking out the window at the Rockies. And by the time the cigarette was done, I had the bones of The Shining firmly set in my mind. <laughs> chills. Total um, chills. Depending, depending on when he had this nightmare. Halloween, anybody? Oh my god! That one means that, like, that's when yeah. the veil is the thinnest and someone came and put the story in his head. That wasn't even written by Stephen King. It was written by a ghost. Wow, way to... <laughs> Take the okay. credit away from Mr. King. He wrote it. And like a pound of cocaine. He didn't invent it. He just wrote it. <laughs> so yeah, that's the story of how The Shining came to be and what the fuck is up with Room 217. Ooh, spoopy. <laughs> Too spoopy. Oh. Too spoopy for me. <laughs> I want a t-shirt that says that. <gasps> that could be our next t-shirt design. Too spoopy for me. But the two has to be a numeral I, two, and so does the four. Too spoopy for me. <laughs> I thought you meant, like, Roman numerals, and I was like, that might be a little much. No, that would look like ill spoopy if me. <laughs> ill spoopy. Ill spoopy if me. No, that's that's not a good t-shirt design. <laughs> uh, we'll work on it. So, uh, our next spot is the concert hall. Um, a man named Paul worked at the Stanley from 1995 to 2005 and died of a heart attack while en route from the, from the hotel to the hospital after suffering chest pains. 
So he had a heart attack. Known as the Jack of all... Yeah, in the ambulance on the way to the hospital from work. Okay. Uh, known as a jack of all trades, one of Paul's responsibilities was to enforce the hotel's 11 p.m. curfew. Ooh. It's not uncommon to hear a faint and ominous get out in the... <laughs> I kind of heard it in my head. is get out. Get out. Just get out. Get out. Yeah, that's closer. Uh, anyway, an ominous get out in, uh, <laughs> after hours. A construction worker sanding the floor just a few years ago believes Paul was brazen enough to physically nudge him to the door after feeling two arms pull him back. Paul is also known to flicker the flashlights of touring groups. (gasps) How do they know it's Paul? I don't know. Sometimes just kind of assign a name to an entity. Yeah, I guess. I also do not like the word entity. It makes it sound like super evil. Yeah, it really does. It's like halfway to demonic. Surprisingly, not a lot of, like, evil spirits. Like, none, almost. It's all just pretty innocuous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so a story from a hotel employee. Quote, I guess. Eddie, who initially presented himself with a foul odor, earning himself the nickname Stinky Man. (laughs) Real creative. Uh, yeah, Stinky Man. Eddie was one of the spirits in the, um, the Stanley. Apparently offended by the name, Eddie switched tactics and began exuding a more pleasant smell. His presence, however, seems to cause discomfort, possibly due to a life of hardship, according to visiting psychics and mediums. He has since lightened up, but remains the resident prankster and apparently a ladies' man, often suspected of stroking the hair and kissing the cheeks of female guests. Hmm. Eddie began visiting the Stanley just a few, few years ago and has no known connection to the property. Like, he's just fucking vacationing. My god. What a creeper. I like that he suddenly, he was like, oh, wait, I stink? I don't like that name. And then just, like, started making himself, what, smell like roses? They can control their odor? Maybe. I don't know. If I had to guess, that sounds more like poltergeist activity, but. Well, except the poltergeist we've already debunked. We have debunked some poltergeists. We have debunked many a poltergeist. Just personally gone out and debunked them. I've debunked them. Not like them we were all. sitting in. Not like we were sitting in my bathroom discussing it and just decided. Oh, that was a bathroom episode. So here's another quote from an employee. I think um, a myriad of phenomena, not necessarily attributed to the aforementioned usual suspects. Good lord, use bigger words. Um, has been reported throughout the property. The sounds of partygoers. Celebrations and children laughing, particularly on the fourth floor where children and nannies once stayed, can often be heard. The hotel's preternatural afterlife is often palpable and has attracted professional skeptics and paranormal investigators alike. Hmm. The Travel Channel's Ghost Adventures and Sci-Fi's Ghost Hunters are just two of many teams to investigate the occurrences. Mm. Most claim to have heard voices and thumping and saw strange lights, shadows, and orbs. Ghost Hunters lead investigator Jason Hawes had a glass on his nightstand shatter not long after the closet door opened and closed. And that is in room... Fuck. Fuck. I got a room fuck? Room was it? Yeah, room fuck. Uh, That was on the fourth floor that it happened. I want to say it was room... Yeah, that was room 401. Mm, Okay. Where that happened. Um, So, um, uh, also in room 401, a male ghost who some believe to be... Uh, an Irish man named Lord Dunraven. If you remember him from the history, he was the man that sold Stanley um, mm. that land. Um, it is reported that he is in that room. 
uh, in the closet, women feel their hair being played with and an arm around their shoulder or waist or a hand moving out the back of their leg. Men don't feel particularly welcome in the room sometimes as they have felt someone is pressing them into the bed or their uh, like belongings are disappearing. Uh, this is the room where Jason of the Ghost Hunters uh, had the drinking glass thing. And I'll talk about that more a little bit later because there's a special Ghost Hunters uh, section <laughs> of this episode. So, room 418. Ghost children do mischievous things in this room. Covers are sometimes removed uh, during the night. Hangers are known to move on their own. Bathroom lights have been reported to turn on and off. A little girl, about four years old, and her mother stayed in there a couple years ago. And the following morning, the girl reported being tickled by a little boy during the night. Oh, that's creepy. She wasn't afraid, and instead, she simply told the boy, uh, and I quote, stop it. And then he did. (laughs) Well, at least these ghosts are obedient. Uh, The fourth floor, which I uh, believe is the top floor of the hotel, is where a lot of the stuff happens. Um, That's also where the servants and Mm. the children stayed, uh, because... Uh, during, you know, the first part, children weren't kept with their parents because their parents had to, like, drink whiskey and play croquet and shit. God, that was the life. Right? Yeah. You just put your kids on the fourth floor and drink. Well, yeah, and that's where, it's where the servants stayed. The, ser- the servants who, like, lived there. Yeah. They didn't just, like, stay there for a season. Yeah, that's weird. Um, that being said, uh, here's room 302. You probably won't like this one. Whoa. Uh... A male ghost has been seen as a shadow in this room, walking near the walls. Photos have been known to fly off the walls, and Grant, from Ghost Hunters, had a table begin to levitate while they were in the room. It's convenient that they always manage to get ghost activity to happen at all the places they stay. There's never a dud. Not always. Not always. I've watched a lot of Ghost Hunters. So our last room that we're gonna talk about is room 428. Uh... (laughs) And, quote, a ghost cowboy tends to frequent this room. A couple uh, years back, a couple awoke to find a Wild West cowboy. I don't know what other kind of cowboy there is. (laughs) Uh, This this goes back to our functional versus aesthetically pleasing cowboy argument. Oh, yes, yes. The functional cowboy argument. (laughs) Anyway, a cowboy pacing at the end of their bed. After watching him for a few minutes, they politely asked him to leave, which he did, but not before leaning over the lady as if kissing her. Female guests sometimes wake up to find him leaning in for a kiss on the forehead. Fuck that guy. Yeah, what a creep. Wait, so was he an aesthetically pleasing or a functional cowboy? Well, it said Wild West Cowboy, so I have to assume it was like... Functional. Functional. Okay. Plus this is Colorado. Mm, Functional. So, the wrap-up. Wrap-up. Yes. Uh, there are a lot of stories, but I had to pick my favorites. Yes. Um, I also did everyone a favor and watched the episode of Ghost Hunters where they went to the hotel. So I could confirm the stories about the glass breaking, the door that stood open, and the levitating table. Because I am a woman of the people. (laughs) Also, like I said before, sometimes the ghost hunters go to places and they don't find shit. And they're like, we didn't find shit. So. Well, okay. I trust them. All right. If you say um, so. Yeah. I don't trust the Ghost Adventures guys. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. But Ghost Hunters, they don't they don't fake stuff. No, no. Ghost Hunters don't fake. Anyways, so the closet in uh, room 401. Mm-hmm. Video of the door opening and closing. While, uh, what's his name? Jason was asleep. Okay. So that was weird. 
and there was the sound of like a cracking sound and the the glass on his nightstand didn't so much explode like the story said it exploded Mm -hmm. um but a big chunk of the rim broke off oh and it it was weird because it didn't look like it had been hit with something it looked like it had like started to crack and then just kind of gave up weird okay it was very weird and then the door closed like that was pretty straightforward so points for room 401 okay they didn't get anything in room 217 that's shocking yeah so the the table that they said levitated the camera wasn't at an angle where I could tell that anything was going on, and they even admitted that they didn't have a good enough shot for it to be, like, a mm-hmm. confirmed thing. But everyone in the room kind of got jumpy and was like, what the fuck just happened to the table? So I don't know. All right. Question mark. All right, question mark. I will accept a question mark. Um, but they did say that the hotel was, like, mildly haunted. Like, yeah, like, benign haunting. Like, they're there, but they're not gonna yeah. kill you. They were there for two days, so I have to assume they did not experience everything that the hotel has to offer. I would assume. And I put this at the uh, at the end for some reason, even though we talked about it earlier. Mm. But according to what is called the stone tape theory, emotions can be stored in materials such as trees in this haunted forest in Brazil, which is its own fucking mm. thing. Uh, so the stone tape theory is actually a speculation that ghosts and hauntings are and um like they're kind of like tape recordings and that mental impressions during emotional or traumatic events can be projected into a form of form of energy that's recorded into rocks and other items and replayed under certain conditions so quartz is one of those rocks okay which i briefly talked about so um i have a theory too but i'll let you finish well i i mean i'm just saying like the like we said the stanley hotel was built into a cliffside that featured a lot of quartz yeah so just the repetitive nature of some things in that hotel or, like, people who worked there for, like, ten years. Yeah. You know, um, that shit's there. Also, to go back to the ghost hunters briefly, they went in and debunked a couple things, like drafts and weird sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there was a room where people were like, the bed shakes, but they realized that the bed frame was just really loose and that when the wind blew, the whole room shook. Yeah. Huh. Um. What is your theory? So uh, this is kind of like my theory with ghosts and stuff in general. Um, it gets a little bit like quantum physics-y a little bit. Um, is this the thing with the like rip in time where you no. can see in the past? No, not like a rip in time, but it's kind of similar. But so time I've always thought of and I've like read about it as being like it's not a straight line like we think of it. Like It's almost like, if anything, it's like a straight vertical line. Like, everything that's happened in the past and everything that's going to happen in the future is all happening at the same time. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when you get, like, a, you know, say someone, like, rocks up and down a hallway every single day, like a maid, you know, eventually, you know, all of time is, like, stacked on top of itself. And so, you know, eventually you just kind of see these things, you know, like the energy from going up and down the same hallway or dying somewhere or something like that. The energy kind of, like, transcends, like, the layers I guess you could say. Um, and so it's really just like you're you're actually like you're not seeing mm-hmm. it replaying. You're actually seeing yeah. it live back then. You know what I mean? Yes. I think we talked about this probably in Poltergeist episode. Um, and it definitely makes sense because like I said then and I still say now, I don't believe as much in yeah. intelligent 
hauntings as I do residual hauntings, which is just, and it just stuff that happened a lot or yeah, something yeah, yeah. traumatic that so happened this, in yeah, a place. Yeah, this I wouldn't it's consider just, repeating. I just see it as like you're just seeing repeating. it happen as it's actually happening. Like it's not like a tape recording, but like a, you know, like you're able to see through time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Stone cross. Um, stone cross. I don't did I think tell so. you the stone cross story on the last episode? Okay. Well, this is going to be a preview for anyone who's interested in the new episode of Boo Ha Ha. Um, not related to anything except ghosts. Oh, you did! You okay. did! You did! Yeah, where you found it in the yeah the story, and you found. I don't okay, think yeah. I don't want to spoil it because that's your episode. Um. But... Yeah, I don't know if I told the story. Anyway, um, that was fucking weird. Uh. I also asked a ghost in a bathroom some questions. Did it respond? I don't know. I've been too afraid to listen to my recording. You still haven't listened to it? No. I will probably listen to it. It's not going to be as bad as that recording that we did for the Strange Sounds oh, episode. fuck that. People are still mad at us for that. Um, yeah, I'm mad although, at us for that. And I'm the one who found it and put that on us. I would uh, like to read a recent review we got on iTunes. And I might cut this out, depending. Because um, it's not a good review. At all. Mm. Um, mm. It's maybe the least helpful review we've ever gotten. However, hmm. it uh, made me laugh. Okay, I'm ready for it. The title of the review is Sounds. It is a one-star review. Okay. And I quote, Sounds I never wish to hear again. Absolutely the worst. <laughs> now, everyone is entitled to their opinion. Wait, that was the whole it's review? Fine. Yes. What episode was uh, that on? It, it's not on a specific episode. It's just an iTunes review. We are just sounds they never wish to hear again? Yes. Oh my god, that's a So, basically... If you do not like the show, that is your prerogative, and I don't blame you. However, if you are going to comment on the quality of the show, please specify what it is you do not enjoy so I can decide if it's something that I'm willing to fix or not. Yeah. Like, I know we have a lot of background sounds and stuff in our episodes, but, like, we record in our bedrooms. We've recorded episodes in the bathtub. Like, we don't have a studio. We're doing this in the world. Like... <laughs> I actually think as you were saying that, your audio is starting to get a little weird because we're recording remotely right now. Yeah, um, your audio is really weird on my end, but I think that's also just my internet streaming right now. This could be a train wreck of an episode that we have to re-record later. I don't know. We'll I don't, see. I don't think um, so. But Anyways, um, so if you have uh, constructive criticism, please... Tweet at us at Afternoonified. We're on Instagram at Afternoonified. Facebook at Facebook.com slash GetAfternoonified. Uh, you can visit us on our website, which is GetAfternoonified.com. Now, I'm really self-conscious to say that because you make fun of me for saying the www dot every time. I say it because I love you. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, website, you can listen to old episodes. You can donate. You can check out our new merch, which is very sweet. Um... I'm probably going to order my own next month and I'll show you guys pictures. It's going to be fun. Yeah. What else? Uh, please subscribe, rate, review. If you leave a one-star review, please specify what it is that you did not like. Again, try to be constructive. Yeah. Because even though that review cracked me up, like, beyond belief, I am curious what sound he's so bothered by. 
Yes. Did he watch the mysterious or listen to the mysterious sounds episode? Was that what bothered him? If so, I understand. If so, I understand. <laughs> yeah. Or uh, I, any of the ones where I make fart noises, which is a lot of episodes. I did a real bad thing when I inserted that, what, five minutes of ee! Yeah. It was rude. Yeah. It was, was funny. It was funny, but it, it was, was very rude. rude. Yes. Um, anyways, uh, ba, 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 that's all I have. That's all I have. Um, yeah. Um, uh, that being said, my throat is killing me, so. Yeah. Yeah. Mine too, and I didn't even really do much talking, so. All right. Well, don't get haunted. All right. Uh, bye. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Hey! You sound like an idiot when you do that. Um? Oh, you sound really <laughs> smart now. <laughs> Hi, I'm Adam Posse. I'm Alex Rios. And we want you to listen to our new podcast called Chumba and Wamba. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I hate the name still. Uh, in spite of the fact that it's the dumbest name podcast in the world and it's not all at all about the 90s band. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's me and Rios, two Portland comedians, two very close friends. Uh, giving each other shit, mostly, talking about the week that we've had and maybe the week to come and just whatever we feel like. And it's a good time. We hope you check it out. Now, please get back. We'll be on the River City Podcast Federation.com network. Get back to whichever one of those podcasts from that fantastic network you are listening to. Hopefully, it's not Room of Retirement because Caitlin Weyerhaeuser is a poop butt. <laughs> Thank you.